0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. Well, this is the 10th episode of the Casting Across Fly Fishing podcast. I understand that that's hardly an achievement in fly fishing podcasts, and even less so an achievement across all of podcasting, but that being said, I have enjoyed it, and it looks like from how many folks have listened that uh, some other people are enjoying it as well, and so I appreciate that. I sincerely do. I've said from day one that I'm honored to have folks read what I write, and in this medium, I'm honored to have folks listen to what I have to say, so thank you. In this 10th episode, what I want to do is interact a little bit. That doesn't mean I'm going to take phone calls, I'm not going to interview anybody, but something that I've really endeavored to do from day one on Casting Across is interact with those folks who have taken the time, the energy, the effort to interact with me. So a lot of times I'll get comments on articles that I post on Casting Across I will get Facebook feedback, Instagram feedback, Twitter feedback, and it's not prolific. It's not like I'm getting dozens a day, but when I do, I really feel like I need to respond. You've taken the energy and the effort to do it, and so it's the least I can do to interact. I might have started the conversation through something I've written or something I've said, um, but you have taken the initiative to continue that. So I have appreciated that. So on this 10th episode, what I wanted to do was, in this medium, use some comments that have been on previous podcasts or on articles recently and utilize those to kind of spring off the concepts I've talked about already or kind of go into a new direction. So that's what we're going to do today. I'm not sure if it's going to be necessarily a regular thing on the podcast, but we'll see where it goes. We'll see if we enjoy it. And um, at bare minimum, maybe you can comment on this podcast or another article um, and just let me know what you think. So the first thing is from Bill, and Bill commented on the previous podcast, episode 9, which was called Gear for Small Stream Trout, How and What, where I kind of detailed some of the ways I like to pack, especially utilizing a lightweight day pack as opposed to a vest or a sling pack. This is what Bill said. Good stuff. I was keeping a mental list while listening of stuff that I wanted to add, but you pretty much touched all the bases. I completely agree about the backpack when fishing small mountain streams. I've used a sling pack and just found it to be the wrong kind of bag for the situation. Three things I would add. A whistle. I pick up the little flat plastic ones whenever I see them for free. If you ever fish with someone on a small mountain stream and try to shout to them, you will find out how much the water drowns out your voice. Just imagine breaking a leg or worse and trying to shout to someone half a mile away. I keep mine on a shoulder strap so I don't have to remove my pack or move my body much to get a hold of it. Safety first, after all. Second is a set of two-way radios if you like to fish with a partner. As stated before, trying to shout over a stream is not very much fun. Lastly is a small stove. They are so small and light these days and combined with a little stainless mug, like $5 at Wally World, You can drop it in the bottom of your pack and pretty much forget about it. Sometimes a streamside cup of coffee, tea, or some ramen can really get you going for the afternoon. Granola bars just don't warm you up. If fires are allowed where you're fishing, all the better. Hard to beat a little campfire to heat you up on a cold day. Just got to be mindful of rock scarring and other negative remnants of an open fire. Thanks for the podcast. Keep them coming. Well, Bill, I appreciate that. Uh, Excellent stuff to add on to what I said. And um, the whistle thing is a great uh, tip. It's not only a safety thing but the communication element is important. Honestly the reason I didn't think of it and I mentioned this in in my response to Bill on the website is my backpack actually has a whistle molded into the strap. Uh, It's the buckle. It has a whistle on it. It's not awesome. You're not going to be refereeing any sort of athletic activity but having a whistle is good. You, You think about how quickly you can go tired from yelling or hoarse from yelling if you're in an emergency situation and contrast that with how little energy it is to achieve an ear-splitting whistle if you have a child and they have a whistle you know how little energy and how long and how loud you can achieve a whistle that could signal somebody from a long ways away whistle's are a great idea two-way radios sure if you uh, if you're wanting to communicate with somebody you're fishing I can definitely see that as being valuable uh, if you're somewhere where there's no cell service. And I did totally neglect to mention the small stove. Uh, When you have a a backpacking stove that gets to the size of a, uh, a can of soda, you know, you can absolutely do some awesome things on the side of the stream. So you really do have a whole world opened up to you when you switch to a day pack as opposed to a vest or a sling pack. And we talked about those things a little bit last episode, but you know, you know, this is also something you can combine with what we talked about in the previous episode, which was the diversifying your outdoor experience. Carrying a day pack allows you to do all your foraging, whether it be mushrooms or other plants, it allows you to do shed hunting, allows you to bring your bigger binoculars if you're into bird watching, a large camera if you're just wanting to take pictures of fish or other things. It, it gives you so many opportunities to diversify your experience. And combining that with something that we'll talk about in the near future, which is fishing with kids. You need that storage space, whether it be for toilet paper or a small um, you know, toy or something like that. It just gives you that flexibility. And so there's a lot, of, a lot of doors that open up for you if you have a day pack. So thank you, Bill. I do appreciate that comment. The next comment that I wanted to bring up on the podcast was actually on an Instagram post from a few days ago. I posted a sign from the side of the test casting pond at a fly fishing show. And Evan commented, what is a hero cast? So, Evan, that's a very good question. And it probably does deserve a little bit of clarification. If you haven't been to a fly fishing show and you haven't seen what people try to do at these test casting ponds. so the sign says no hero casts no pond hogs first of all pond hog is somebody who goes to these test casting ponds and spends an inordinate amount of time casting a fly rod and you'll see that there's sometimes five to ten to fifteen people waiting to cast the newest rods this is an awesome opportunity for folks who don't have a local fly shop to cast not just the newest rods but maybe a rod they've had eye on for a long time this is one of the great great resources at a fly fishing show whether it be the fly fishing show or just any sort of exhibition that fly rod dealers come to is the opportunity to cast a rod that you've only seen online it is incredibly difficult to buy a fly rod sight unseen it requires a lot of faith and willingness to cast it and then mail the thing back. I mean, that's 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 difficult. So going to a place like this, if you don't have a local fly shop around, gives you opportunity to touch something. So if you are casting, then make sure that you are being considerate to those who are behind you and don't be a pond hog. But that wasn't Evan's question. Evan's question is what is a hero cast? A hero cast is when you try to dump 80 or 90 feet of fly line to look awesome. And This might be necessary if you're throwing a nine weight and maybe you're thinking you want to buy the next rod that you're going to take down for the flats for bonefish. But a lot of times you see this with the four weights and the five weights and the six weights and guys that are just trying to throw way more aligned than they ever could. And part of me understands, like, you know what, if you're going to buy a $500, $600, $700 fly rod, you want it to do something fantastic. But that's not something that you're going to be able to do the first time you pick up that fly rod. And not that everyone is super self-conscious, but it's not going to be something that you do with dozens of people watching you. Um, so the hero cast is your super, super long cast that is probably not very realistic. And it's, it's almost like the, you can see the guys, they're grunting, they're going up on one foot. And we've all done this though, so we have to be a little bit sensitive and have a good sense of humor about this. Whether it be in your yard when you're playing around, whether it be at a fly shop when you're gonna buy a rod, or whether it be on the trout stream when you're just goofing around. But these things not only are kind of sad to watch, but they're dangerous. I mean, this is where you get the fly line moving in all sorts of different directions. Once you start having a cast that falls apart and this is quasi-technical but once you break that plane that your arm is moving in and that your fly rod is following and that your fly line is staying in this this margin of achieving good line speed and line direction that line especially when it's out 50 60 feet is going to start moving in some crazy directions worst case scenario you hit somebody else best case scenario you whack yourself from the side of the face with some fly line and uh so the no hero cast sign is a very appropriate and very timely reminder for folks who are getting a little bit ambitious with uh, their casting. So that's what a hero cast is. But again, we've, we've all been there, so we can't uh, be too judgmental when it comes to folks who are, are really trying to chuck 80 feet with the fiberglass four weight. But obey the sign. So the third and final comment that I wanted to mention today on the podcast was from Ralph and Ralph commented on a post that I wrote a few weeks ago called Rods on Rooftops, a conversation with Riversmith. Riversmith is a company out west that makes rooftop fly rod holders. You've seen different brands that make these. Um, I had an opportunity to talk with uh, Luke from Riversmith and he kind of gave me some of the details on their product I would definitely suggest you check out that article. If you want to know more about that concept, why you would need a rooftop fly rod holder if you are not a guide or a hardcore fly fisher, but just kind of a weekend angler, what you might get out of something like that. That was kind of the perspective that I wrote the piece from. So Rods on Rooftops, A Conversation with Riversmith, I'll put the link for that in the page for this podcast on Casting Across. But this is Ralph's comment. I just started fly fishing at 67 Congratulations, Ralph. Great choice. And rigging and tying on flies is a challenge with a diminished eyesight, feeling and dexterity of growing older. So there would be a productivity boost from a roof rack. But I am still fishing with a $25 5-6 WT Wakeman outfit I bought to use to try this type of fishing until I had enough experience to select better equipment. So the next $350 to spend on catching fish is already earmarked but this has me thinking about some PVC and maybe a large electrical workbox as a worthy pairing for my Wakeman. Just came across your podcast today. I really enjoy those I heard. You have a good talent. Congrats on your Christmas child and wishing the best for all your family through the new year. So Ralph, thank you so much. That last bit is awesome. Um, We did welcome our fourth child into the world on Christmas morning. Now onto your comment, which I wanted to talk about a few things. So Ralph actually makes a really good point he talks about prioritizing. So he has a $25 fly rod combo that he bought, probably on Amazon. Um, It's, uh, I actually checked it out. It looks totally, you know, usable. And the reality is, is that $25 fly rod reel combos work, and they catch fish. And there's probably folks that fish $25 combos that blow people who fish $250, $500, $750 combos out of the water because certain types of fishing, it really doesn't matter what you're using. Are you going to see uh, diminishing returns with accuracy, with uh, line control, with mending capabilities, with durability? Certainly. But like Ralph said, he just wanted to try out fly fishing. And so kudos to him. I started with something very, very similar to that. And then he makes the very, very wise decision of prioritizing not buying a uh, accessory for his, his, uh, inexpensive fly rod, but buying a nicer fly rod setup. Um, but that's not the point. The point is fish with what you have, especially if you're just trying it out. One of the biggest discouraging things I hear from folks when they see fly fishing gear is, well, it's just so expensive. Well, it can be but so can anything else. But you don't say, well, I don't wanna drive a car because you know those really nice SUVs with the big flashy rims are like $75,000, so I'm just not gonna buy a car. That's a little bit hyperbole and a little bit silly, but you, you know what I'm saying. So fish with what you have, enjoy what you have, don't spend outside of your means, and then as you progress, as you get to a certain level of comfort, with fly fishing, then find the gear that suits you best. And I think that uh, Ralph's words are, are well taken, which is with what you have, you know, find something that's going to be suitable. I don't think Riversmith or any other uh, fly rod rack company would uh, frown on somebody putting their $25 rod in a, uh, in a PVC pipe. And But I do also like uh, what Ralph has to say, that he said that because he's 67 and there's some eyesight and dexterity issues, that only having to rig up once and then keeping your rod ready to roll every time is a great thing for those who are considering a rooftop rod holder, because uh, then you you can get your rod reel, leader, tippet, weight system, flies ready at, home in the garage where there's light where you're comfortable maybe the night before and then you throw it in the car in the rod holder and when you get to the stream even if you have to just switch flies then it's only one thing you have to mess with but if you know where you're fishing and you're or you're set in your ways you're going to fish the fly you're going to fish regardless which a lot of us do then having uh, that rod prepared and putting the rod holder is a, a great uh, way to think about that so thank you ralph for all your comments Thank you again to those three commenters and everyone else who's interacted with Casting Across, not just in the last few weeks, but uh, in the, its existence. Uh, it, it really is encouraging and I appreciate it. So I'd encourage you, if you hear something on the podcast, you read something on the website, you see something on social media, definitely comment. Again, castingacross.com is where I post three times a week. You found the podcast, uh, I would read comments that go to the website. I know you can comment at other podcast pages but really going to the website would be the way to get a hold of me and then social media facebook at casting across instagram at casting across twitter at casting across i have chirps on on my phone i pay attention and uh, i like uh, i like seeing feedback throughout the day so definitely feel free to reach out if something is interesting or if you have a question i'd be happy to do a QA podcast in the in the near future today's recommendation is the risen fly fishing genesis Risen Fly Fishing is a great little company out of western Pennsylvania that is putting out really high quality fly fishing gear for a fraction of the price of most major brands. Uh, I really enjoy fishing all of the gear I have from Risen and the Genesis is a very special fly rod. It uh, currently comes in a 9 foot 5 weight, a 7.5 foot 3 weight, and a 9 foot 8 weight and at $90 it is a steal. I got this rod to put in the hands of folks I take fishing for the first time so they can have a rod that loads well, that is light in hand, that they can feel the line and really get a good feel for casting. But personally, I enjoy fishing it. It is an exceptional dry fly rod, especially at that 30 to 40 foot range. I really enjoy how it casts, the delicate presentation, and how it punches line out at that distance. This is a perfect rod for somebody who's just getting into fly fishing, but it also is a very serviceable rod if you want to expand the type of fishing you're doing. So if you already have a 7 foot 3 weight, you can get the 9 foot 5 weight, or vice versa. If you want to try your hand at saltwater fishing or bass fishing, the 8 weight rod would be a great choice. And Risen is also coming out with some new models, so definitely keep your eye on their website, which is risenfly.com, and you can use ACROSS, A-C-R-O-S-S, and get a discount um, because you heard about it on Casting Across and the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast's and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish.